For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here live until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we will do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. We are also live over at WTIC's Facebook page. You can see our lovely faces um, if you'd like to check out the live stream over at WTIC's Facebook page. So, as usual and customary, we have uh, technology news. And, Bob, you wanted to bring up something that Sony was dealing with, huh? Yeah, Sony was fined uh, $2.4 million over PlayStation refund refusals. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it made false and misleading representations, a consumer watchdog said. Mm -hmm. Sony was hit with a $2.5 million fine for denying customer refunds for faulty PlayStation games. Um, it made false and misleading representations about people's consumer uh, law rights, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission noted. So the commission filed a lawsuit against Sony Interactive Entertainment Network Europe, which runs the Australian operations, in May of 2019. Mm -hmm. So it took a year for it to go through. And uh, uh, after it told four customers it didn't have to offer refunds for faulty games after they had been downloaded and it had been more than 14 days since the uh, purchase. Okay. Consumer guarantee rights do not expire after a digital product has been downloaded and certainly not do not disappear after 14 days or any other arbitrary date claimed by a game store or developer. Arbitrary date? Did you say arbitrary dates? Oh, we can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, arbitrary. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty big here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the court also declared Sony Europe breached Australia's consumer law by telling one of four of the consumers it didn't have to provide a refund unless the game de developer authorized it and by telling a fifth consumer that sony europe could provide a refund using virtual playstation currency instead of money ah Is nice that, more that, fake money that fake money stuff yeah <laughs> we'll give you some credits so what Sony told these consumers was false and does not reflect the consumer guarantee rights afforded to Australian consumers under the Australian Consumer Law, Sim said. Mm -hmm. Sony didn't immediately respond to a request for a comment. Uh, of course not. Well, again, it's Australian law there, but what are you going to do? Microsoft, we talk, kind of alluded to this, I think, last week, um, is blocking the Windows 10 May 2020 update um, on lots of devices. And uh, this is kind of one of the reasons we don't recommend surfaces. I mean, if, if Microsoft can't get the operating system to work on its own hardware, yes, that's what I said. If they can't get their operating system to work on their own hardware, why would you buy their hardware? Um, they're, they, are, they are blocking this latest update on many of their uh, surfaces. The only one that seems to be able to actually accept the latest update of Windows 10 is the Surface Pro 6. 
but all the other Surface Pros are being blocked, literally throttled. Um, now, the panacea that Microsoft was trying to create with Windows 10 was everyone would have, would have Windows 10. But as you've heard with our program, there's many flavors of this Windows 10. Very confusing numbers, uh, 1909, you know, 2020, all these versions of Windows 10. Now you have to figure out which one you're on, whether or not yours is being blocked. Have they fixed anything, really? Well, the earlier versions aren't even supported anymore. <laughs> right. But you still have Windows 10. How funny is that, an unsupported Windows 10? Um, so Microsoft is still dealing with their own issues as far as their ability to produce an operating system. Um, and we appreciate that because, obviously, this show wouldn't be on for 25 years if, as the song goes, every OS didn't suck. So here we are again with Microsoft not able to release Windows 10 on uh, current technology. Uh, you can't make it up. It is what it is. Um, I found this kind of interesting. I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan of Elon Musk. Um, you know, I've given him a hard time about all of his uh, government subsidies for his Teslas, which I still get, don't think he should have gotten uh, or we should have been doing. I mean, it seems kind of silly to subsidize an $80,000 luxury electric vehicle to people who can afford them, but that is what it is, water under the bridge. But Amazon and Jeff Bezos constantly are, fi are fighting together with Musk. Um, and this latest salvo has to do with a book. Now, this book was put out by a uh, New York Times reporter, a former New York Times reporter, um, Alex Brenson. And he has a, uh, a pamphlet out. It's the Unre Unreported Truths About COVID-19 and Lockdowns, Part 1. And it's an introduction and death counts and estimates. So he's you know, done some work to maybe give you some different data that we're not getting it elsewhere. And what happened? Well, Amazon censored it. They sent this guy an email saying, we're not going to let you put out this book because it doesn't conform to our, our, our rules, our whatever you want to call it. Again, these rules are unknown to anybody. They just arbitrarily censored it. And Alex tweeted that this occurred to him. And what happens? Musk comes out and says, we got to break up Amazon because, of course, Amazon has done very well during this lockdown, right? You can't go to a brick and mortar store to buy anything unless, lo except for the most safe places in the country, which are Lowe's, Target's, Home Depot's. You can go there anytime. Best Buy, very scary, obviously. It would, they wouldn't let you in Best Buy. But no, a Home Depot, a, the, uh, Amazon has done very well with uh, mail order purchases. And for them to start censoring books now, um, Musk didn't appreciate it too much. And he put a, po a tweet out and instantly, almost instantly, Amazon allowed the sale of the book again. Of course, if they hadn't done anything, nobody would even have known about this book. <laughs> but of course, they tried to censor it, and now this book is pretty popular. So I'm just talking about the fact that you know, if you're a billionaire who can get to the International Space Center, you might have a little bit of, of uh, credibility. And uh, what, what SpaceX has done and what Tesla has done and what all these other uh, things that uh, Elon has done for, for technology... Uh, for him to go after Amazon, uh, for them trying to uh, block this information. Whether you believe it or not, it's not really the point here. But the point is Elon is out there, um, and he just instantly makes wave with a simple tweet. And this guy is pretty appreciative. Uh, the Unreported Truths About COVID-19 and Lockdowns, uh, Part 1, Introduction and Death Counts and Estimates, uh, it's, just, it's just another point of view, which, of course, other points of view are often... Nobody wants to hear them. You can't, you know, you, you must be stoned to death if you have a different point of view. Um, what else you got there, Bob, you want to bring up? Sure. 
This is a different uh, subject. Yeah. Here's every place, and it's got a map. Every place uh, we've landed or crashed robots on Mars. Oh, okay. So two ro- two robots are set to launch for the red planet surface in July. Mm-hmm. They'll arrive. When they arrive, they'll join 12 others, although not all of them made it in one piece. <laughs> right. <laughs> Both NASA and China's space agency hope to launch new rovers for Mars in the coming weeks. And if they make it, they'll become the ninth and tenth craft to successfully land on the surface of our planetary neighbor. Hmm. Hopefully... Neither NASA's Perseverance uh, rover nor China's Tianwen-1 rover become the next machine to end its mission abruptly with a crash landing on Mars. At least two uh, craft have crashed, while four others have lost contact with Earth just before or after landing. So to mark the upcoming Martian launch season, which only occurs when the planets are best best aligned for the trip every 26 months, the Planetary Society put together uh, the below map, which is on this. Uh, you have to go look at it. Yeah, on you got to go get to the link. We'll post it. <laughs> All 17 Mars landing attempts, past and future, mm-hmm. up through uh, the planned 2023 landing of a European rover and Russian lander. All right. So, and the map is pretty interesting. Very good. And the rest of the uh, article is not very long, but it's. It, We'll put it out there for you guys over at computertalkwithtab.com. We're going to step out for a quick break and then get to your calls. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We are live, and everything we talk about is posted live over at w- uh, over at Tab's Facebook page. If you like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook, and Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy, um, thankfully we're not putting it on Twitter or we would have all sorts of other issues. But if he deems it worthy, it'll get into our news feed, and you'll be able to look at it as well. And, uh, of course, we posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And we are broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page. And uh, we'll be right back. And we are back. And we have four lines wide open for you on this lovely Saturday morning. I know you guys are getting ready to do something out there uh, in the yard and can't do a whole lot else but the state is opening up and and people are getting out there and uh, i encourage you to do so as soon as possible to get things moving that's my recommendation um that's what i've been trying to do the more you can do the faster we'll recover um i know a governor must have gotten some sort of uh, email from the boston consulting group because now we can open up to phase two on the 17th i don't know why i didn't pick the 15th arbitrarily or the 10th or who knows why he picked the 17th. It's a nice Wednesday, you know. It's probably a safer day than a Tuesday or, of course, a Monday. Those are very scary days to open. Um, but Wednesday seems just about just about right, I guess. Again, it's totally arbitrary, and I'm getting frustrated by it, as you can probably tell. Um, but uh, get out there when you can and, uh, and uh, try to let's get things moving. Uh, as soon as we can here. Otherwise, we're going to be in bigger trouble, I think. Uh, feel free to get online, though. We have four lines wide open, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. We'll take your your computer comments, questions, and concerns. And while we wait for your calls, we always threaten to talk about our kids. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I did see a thing. I'll bring up Tesla again. Um, there is another example of how autopilot is extremely dangerous. Um, when you set your car to autopilot on a Tesla, it's basically the same technology my wife's minivan uses in our Honda. It's a 2018 Honda. It's called uh, Pro Power or Pro Cruise Assist or something like that is what it's called. And it keeps you in the lane. And, of course, if it sees vehicles ahead of it, it'll actually apply the brakes and keep the distance I've set. 
but it does not see stationary vehicles. And a poor Tesla owner in Taiwan, I think is where the accident happened, found out the hard way. A tractor trailer had rolled over on the highway in the path of the Tesla. The driver was out of the vehicle and was probably 100 yards down the highway toward the oncoming traffic, waving his hands. And this Tesla just plowed right into the uh, rolled over tractor trailer because, of course, the driver wasn't paying attention because he thinks autopilot is autopilot. So when it comes to Elon and, and what he does is he, he overpromises and underdelivers when it comes to a lot of his technologies, except for SpaceX. We got there. Um, but to allow the vehicle to plow into stationary um, uh, items on the road, we've had numerous discussions about fire trucks that have been parked and Tesla's run right into the back of them, uh, police vehicles. So please, people, keep your hands on the road and your eyes on the road when you have your autopilot running for, te- for your Tesla. It is not as, as high-tech as you think it is. And uh, this poor guy literally plowed into the, to the, uh, the 18-wheeler across the road. So I wanted to make sure I brought that up as a, as a public service announcement. Um, well, you have a, a, a self-driving car article, right, Bob? Right. Uh, this one is uh, it's a CNET Roadshow article. It says, self-driving cars likely won't prevent every car crash, study says. Right. While self-driving cars won't get distracted or drive drunk, that only accounts for a third of wrecks that occur, according to the insurance industry. Right. So uh, in a blow to hopes for a future free of car crashes mm-hmm. with the coming of self-driving car, a study released Thursday by the uh, Insurance Institute for Highway Safety shows totally driverless cars would have a difficult time achieving such a goal. Yeah. So it looked at more than 5,000 police-reported crashes from the National Motor Vehicle Crash Causation Survey, mm-hmm. which the insurance industry group funded, said... Uh, representative uh, represents vehicle crashes resulted in one car towed and required emergency medical services. And then they went through the files. There's more to the article. I don't want to get into the whole thing. But the mm-hmm. bottom line is is that even if they develop the self-driving technology mm-hmm. and you get a self-driving car right. and you're not the one behind the wheel, you still got to buy insurance. That Well, the Insurance Institute is going to make sure of that as well. Uh, yeah. The industry is going to hope for that too. Uh, again, you should have some insurance. I think your insurance premiums should go drastically down uh, because you, it, once they do perfect self-driving to some level, um, the crashes should be greatly reduced, let's hope. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. Let's get to your calls. We've got uh, who's on the line right now. I'm going to get my, my new uh, glasses are on the way, by the way. We so Carl gonna, from Wilkett next. Yeah, let's go to Carl and Wilkett. Wilkett, what do you got going, Carl? Good morning. How are you? Good morning, sir. All right, I've got a graduation cash gift for my grandson who's graduating, but I don't want him to use it for education. I, 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 want, I want to set up a retirement for him so that he can't, you know, unless he needs it for a house or something down the road. What's, okay. the, best, what's the best avenue for that? <laughs> well, this is a computer talk show. Why would you think I would know how to do that? <laughs> Why not? Hey, you're right. Uh, I mean, I can tell you what I did for kids. I mean, you could always buy a 529 for him. And uh, put it there as, a, but that would be that would be for education. You don't want him to use it for education. You want it to be there for whatever he wants to use it for later on. Is what you're saying? Hopefully, you know, later in life, set up, you know, build up a retirement for him. Well, you need to protect it from him. You need to put it in a trust. Otherwise, young people tend to see the money there and spend it. So, I mean, I'm not an, an attorney or a financial planner, but I would tell you to put it in some level of trust. So okay. that, you know, he can't get access to it, you know, and buy a car or something silly early on. 
So what was that, a 529 you said? Well, 529s are for uh, education. Um, they're a great way to, to, to save for education uh, tax-free. And okay. they, it, it's worked well for my kids. I started saving right. for my kids when they were born. All right. So, well, I, I didn't mean to hit you with that question. I was calling in for the money line, but I got held over. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, I appreciate the call, but thanks for yeah, uh, chiming I, in. I, you... I, I enjoyed the, the information about the Tesla. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Teslas are great, but please keep your hands on the wheel. All right, buddy. Have a good day. You too, Carl. I gotta love our listeners. I mean, it's the great thing about WTIC listeners, and everyone's got an opinion, right? So why wouldn't I have an opinion about how to keep your money safe for your kids? Who knows? I mean, I'm a dad. Uh, let's go on to uh, Walter in Weathersfield. What's going on, Walter? You there, Walter? Walter, I hear oh, you. I hear oh, some beeping. Okay, I'm here. All right, what's up, sir? It sounded like you uh, you dropped me, but... Uh, no, that's all Matt. Matt controls everything. We're uh, simply in the hermetically sealed studios here in uh, East Hartford. Matt's back there in Farmington. Um, I don't know if you remember, but at the end of last week's show, a woman called in with a problem with her brother's laser printer toner cartridge. Yep. And you thought it might be the fuser. I did. And... You know, maybe it is, but I think right. you'd still have toner on the paper, and if it was a fuser, the, the toner would just wipe off. But uh, another potential problem, and because I've made it, and if you don't change your toner cartridge very often, I think it's easy to forget. Mm -hmm. You know how most toner cartridges have that uh, little tab on the side, and you have to pull out that cellophane strip yeah. before you use them? If mm -hmm. she had forgotten to do that, that would prevent the toner from even... It, it would, but I would think paper. the printer would warn her of that. But uh, that would be a big problem, because if that toner cartridge is in there with the cellophane strip, uh, yeah, it, it heats it up pretty hot, you'd have a problem, I yeah, think. Yeah, that uh, could be, but I think it's just something that easy to forget, and just yeah. thought I'd uh, Throw it out there. mention it just in case. We but, do appreciate uh, it, Walter. All uh, all calls are important, so thank you very much for bringing that up, and uh, thank you for listening. Can I ask you a quick question about... Hey, you got to hold out over the news. Oh, We're hitting okay. a hard break. Well, never mind, then. I'll ask it another time. Sounds good, so sir. enjoy the news. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Bye-bye. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock. Stick around, guys. we got a couple lines open for you. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here till 11, and we are live. And we're also broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We are here till 11 o'clock. We have three lines all, all jammed up. One line open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we will go to Fairfield and Antoinette next. Hey, Antoinette, what's up? Thank you for taking my call. I just have a quick question or comment to see if my thinking is right on security. You okay. know when you sign up for a site or you go to a site and they said save this information and I always say no because I'm thinking that that can be hacked into if I ask them to save the information so I don't have to automatically sign in. I agree. Okay, good. 
I agree. You've done that well. We actually have had some stories in the past. We actually had an, a uh, columnist, a security columnist, who was hacked in that fashion, and they did leverage all of his passwords that were saved on his browser account through Google to have to be able to then access a lot of his life. So uh, I don't save my passwords through Google. Um, definitely not worth doing. I don't think, again, write them down, keep them safe off the network, and uh, that's, that's the best way i found to be secure, along with adding two-factor authentication so that when you do log in to a service or an account from a different platform, you're texted uh, with a, a code saying, hey, is this you, Antoinette? Did you log in from this computer? And you can, if you say no, then the other person won't get in. Right. Now, the other thing is with that, when you – I have bought things online a couple of times. Yep. And I go back and, like, pay my – cell phone online because it's cheaper. Sure. And um, I'll have two cards that I'll use interchangeably, but they always seem to have the first card on there when I started it, and I never told them to save my information, but I can tell that it'll come up, so I so I can just click and not have to, have to manually type in, but I still manually type in. So in that case, that's a feature of uh, Google and and uh, the websites you're using. And because it's a, if it's a credit card and you're not responsible for any unauthorized charges that are made, I wouldn't be mm -hmm. as concerned about that. Um, okay. I would never put a bank card on there where you had a debit card or anything like that. But a credit card like that, it's it's a convenience to have it pre-fill for you. And again, if if any any unauthorized purchases are made, you're not responsible for them. So. Okay. All righty. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, my, okay. Our pleasure. All right. Let's go on to uh, Unionville and John, I think. Yep. Hey, John. Hello. <clears throat> Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I, I have a MacBook Pro mm -hmm. that's over 10 years old. Okay. And I am having a problem just uh, a couple days ago now where I had uh, three or four things opened on the computer and then it just froze up, and so I shut it down, and then I, um, you know, uh, literally reopened it again. My son ran malware bytes. Mm -hmm. There was a couple things on there, but he deleted those. Really? Malware on a Mac, huh? That's supposed to be impossible. Well, we did, because I <laughs> paid for it, too. <laughs> you, paid for the, yeah, you paid for the software? I did. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyways... Supposedly, he ran it, and then it, it uh, cleared the two. But I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But right now, what's happening now is that um, I will go ahead and uh, open up the computer, and then it'll take 10 minutes for me to open up a, a Word document, a Mac Word document. And mm -hmm. then it get, gets open, and then then what happened was is that another Word would open, another one. I mean, I didn't click on them. Hmm. So it's just opening up like, you know, and so then I shut it down again. Yeah. And, well, you and, could have a stuck key of some kind or your mouse is clicking more than you think it is. Um, oh, okay. That okay. could cause that issue. Nothing's going to open up automatically without you putting forth an effort to do it. But if it's a 10-year-old computer and it's freezing, like any computer, um, you could have a physical issue. So you've already done the malware route. Um, and that's not obviously the issue if it's still happening. So you could have a RAM issue. Your hard drive could have an issue. Your oh. processor could have an issue. Okay. Um, it could be a, a heat issue. You could have an issue with the fan. Well, it did, it did get very, very hot. 
uh, and it's not now, but at one time when I reopened it, it was like, oh, my God, it's so hot, you know? Yep. Um, you could have an issue where you have to clear out that dust that could be built up in a 10-year-old computer. Okay. Um, MacBook Pro, is that, that's a laptop for you, right? Yes. Yeah, so the vent, the fan, the, there's like probably fins where the air comes in there and it gets all caked with, with yep. uh, dust and what have you. So you have to try to blow it out. Um, any Gosh, advice on my that, son Bob? Said, my, my son suggested that. <laughs> well, he's a good guy. <laughs> he is. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the uh, filter on your dryer. You have to clear it out every now and again. Yeah. Okay, good point. So it could um, be that. Okay. I do have one other question. Sure. Um, I was using um, IXQUICK because I got the computer from my daughter, and that's what they used for a search engine. Just recently, and I've been using that for three years or so, or uh, and it works fine. Mm-hmm. But what happened was is that it came out and said that the certificate was ending. Yeah. And and then the date came out and said, what does that mean? So each each uh, website has to renew their security certificate. And the IX Quick, which I've never used, is very similar to DuckDuckGo, which has been yeah. advertised like crazy on WTIC. I've seen yes, billboards for it all over the all over Hartford, they're pushing really hard to get us to use their uh, search engine. So it seems like it's a more private search engine. But all it means is that the folks who are offering that website need to renew their, their security cert. Oh. Um, that's all it means. And oh. the problem is these, these things, it's like the last thing they all IT companies seem to do. Even Microsoft forgot to renew their security cert on 365, and it brought it down for a period of time recently, okay. um, the whole service. So... I wouldn't worry about it too much. I've never heard of them, though. I don't know where they're out of. Are they American? Are they a foreign company? I, I don't know. It came. <laughs> my daughter gave us the, the laptop, and it's been a great tool for me for several years. But it's um, now that that in itself would not cause the computer to freeze up, though, right? No, no. A no. warning on okay. a security certificate would not. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your help today. You're and welcome, I sir. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, but, yeah, it's really interesting. DuckDuckGo is doing so much advertising, and it's great that they're doing so. Uh, I've never really played a whole lot with it. It does advertise itself as a more secure search engine. Um, I mean, we've talked about it all the time. When you use any other kind of search engine, whether it be Google or what have you, you're going to be stuck with whatever you searched in every advertisement you now visit with every site you go to. Um, I, bought a, I bought a hat. And uh, I can't get away from the ads for the same hat company. I, I'm, I'm trying to. How do you tell them? Stop it! I already bought your product. You're bothering me. Um, but if you use DuckDuckGo or a search engine that doesn't offer that information up as your search engine, then you might find the advertisements and the other sites that you go to wouldn't be so tracked or traced to you. So I would encourage you to check it out. Um, I still don't know how they make their money. They're spending an awful lot of money. Um, to advertise their product, and if they're not sharing your data in some way, it might just be a more of a um, al- an algorithm that is out there for maybe your whether you're male or female, your age, you know, rather it would be more anonymized rather than more specific, uh, which is maybe how they make their money. I don't know. They're obviously making some money because they're paying for advertising. <laughs> so that website is. Uh... Uh, well, is a Dutch-owned company, and apparently it's, it appears that it's merged with uh, StartPage.com. Okay, all right. And StartPage also is another more private right. um, search company, so it's a Dutch company. And, you know, where your data sits is really up to you these days. Um, 
I would I would encourage you to stick with American companies because at least you might have some sort of recourse um, if your data is used incorrectly, whereas you really can't touch the Dutch from here. <laughs> you can't get there from here. No. <laughs> um, that's the whole problem with this whole World Wide Web, right? Everything's so disconnected. That's why I like to get a lot of my news from the uh, Register. It's a U.K. IT newspaper or website, and um, they actually have a whole lot of different perspectives on the IT world of America uh, because they're not – not from around here. Uh, we're going to step out for a quick break. It's back to more your calls. We have a couple lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything we've talked about today is posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. We'll be right back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I just love this bumper music. It kind of fits the arbitrary nature of our startup of our state. You know, you're just wondering. You know, Wednesday is a nice day, I guess. It was going to be a different day. Sunday, I think, is what he had chosen, the 20th. Now we're at the 17th. Maybe, they'll, maybe he'll change his mind and make it a Monday. But someday we'll open up the state and uh, don't know what kind of data you could possibly use to choose the, you know, the day, the day to start the, the state up, but I'm sure the Boston Consulting Group is advising. Um, but I digress, but I'm getting a little sick and tired of it, as you might tell. Let's get to your calls. We're going to go to Rocky Hill and Carol. You there, Carol? Yeah. What's up? I have a computer that's elderly and um, has finally started breaking. It was put together by a young geek for me. It's wonderful, but it has way more than I need. Mm -hmm. And now I'm looking, and it's giving me error messages. One of the hard drives is, is going. Yeah. And so I'm looking at something much simpler that, because getting it repaired right now is kind of a challenge. Anyway, and yeah. um, so I'm looking at an HP all-in-one. Mm. And what I use, I mean, I I usually use a Chromebook when I travel because I just like it, and, mm -hmm. you know, they're almost disposable. Um, and they're actually a lot tougher than they seem. Mm -hmm. But I want Word for um, because I do some word processing for my business. Yeah. And I wonder what you thought or yeah. if you have any sort of recommendations. Well, if you if you like Word, believe it or not, you can get – the Microsoft suite on your Chromebook. It's an it'll be app yeah it'll be app based. Uh, you can go with 365. You'll be renting it forever. But there is app based 365 that I'm pretty sure you can run on your Chromebook. Chrome Chromebooks uh, do have some shortcomings when it comes to how apps work. Uh, but if you yeah. already like it, um, I would tell you to maybe consider it since that would mean you wouldn't have to buy any other computer because you already have a computer you like. Oh. Yeah, I've found shortcomings on it, but it's really convenient for traveling. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so. definitely. And I agree with you. It can be considered disposable if you get a really low-end one. Now, the only issue you might find if, it's, if it was a really cheap Chromebook is that mm -hmm. Microsoft, in many of its forms, is still pretty processor-intensive. Um, so you might find it might be a little too cheap to run the Microsoft suite of products uh, within the apps that they offer you. Now, I've never done it myself, so I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that what I'm telling you will work. Um, 
you know, it's an app. You'll be getting the apps only, not the software, because there's no there's no operating system to load on your Chromebook. Yeah. It'd be app based. Um, you may want to do a little YouTube uh, searching to see how people have uh, used it um, and uh, see if it works for them before you purchase it. But you already have the computer. That's true. What's what's the harm if you don't like it? You can always cancel the subscription. Unfortunately, you have to pay the subscription because I don't think there's a, and I could be wrong here too. There, I don't think there's a a single app purchase option out there where you can buy Word as an app mm-hmm. on the store. Although I've never done it, so I'm not positive. Have you done it, Bob? Okay. I think you can. Yeah. It's usually a lot more expensive than if you just buy the suite, at least the basic suite. Right, but if it's done on Chrome, it has to be the app. Right. So if you can buy it that way, that's the way I would do it, rather than renting it if it gives you the option to do that. Yeah. So otherwise, if you want to buy a computer, a regular computer, and you'd need an i5, I would recommend. I would recommend this for Chromebooks too, by the way. An i5 processor, uh, 8 gigs of RAM, um, a hybrid or a solid-state hard drive, depending on how much local storage you're going to need. Um, 512 uh, uh, gigs would make sense to me. Uh, you don't need a terabyte necessarily. And uh, those are the, the basics, really, when it comes to either the Chromebook or the uh, the Windows operating system. If you get anything less okay. than the Windows operating system, it won't run really well. Ah, so 8 gigs, really. Okay. Eight, yeah, 8 gigs of RAM would be a minimum these days. Yeah, and an i5 processor. Don't get an i3. Okay. Okay. All well, right. thank you very much. Yeah, good luck. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Let's go on to Windsor Locks and Joanne. What's going on, Joanne? My 10-year-old desktop was getting cranky, so I got an HP Envy. Nice. I5, and <laughs> the difference is crazy between them. Yeah. Um, I, I, I signed on to mm-hmm. the computer, and now we need to sign on to Microsoft, too. Right. So Microsoft wants you to create an account. And Bob, you can go over that with her as far as how to create that Microsoft account she has to deal with. Well, you have to create an account in either uh, like um, office.com or uh, live.com. And uh, then it wants you to sign in whenever you go, well, go onto your computer. Right. So the downfall of that is if you don't have the Internet, you might not be able to get on. Is there a way around that so she doesn't have to sign in? Yeah, you should be able to create a local user account, and uh, we can get a put a link up to that. You got to go into uh, control panel and then users. So, have you already signed on with it? Um, no, I Carol? didn't. All I did was sign on uh, to the computer. Itself. So you probably have uh, Microsoft Ten, uh, Windows Ten Home Edition, as I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah, it's a lot more complicated to create local users on. Of course. So the other option is to create the Microsoft account, and uh, that's not a big deal. But Bob's right. If you have an Internet issue, it may not let you on. But I think you might have cache credentials that will allow you to at least bring the machine up. Um, and, again, Microsoft just wants to know, you know, what you're doing, right? <laughs> what are you doing with their computer? They just want to know. Um, okay. So I have another question. Yeah. I went to sign up for a Proton Mail free. Yeah, nice. And Firefox jumped in with suggestions for passwords. And <laughs> it said it didn't like my name. And so I did nothing because I did not think that was right. 
Yeah, so all these companies are just, I don't know what's happening out there. Uh, so Proton Mail is a great option for email, and Firefox has no business even getting involved with how you set up your, your password. Maybe they are going to suggest, maybe your password was weak, right? And they're, what was your password, by the way? <laughs> I didn't even set it up. They just oh. popped in and said, here, here's a password. Yeah, that's that's not helpful. Um Again, I don't know why they're doing it. Uh, these companies are all trying to help. I'm, I'm going to assume Firefox is trying to help you um, with setting up passwords that are complicated. Um, it's not that hard to set up hard, uh, complicated passwords. Um, but I would tell you, if you're interested in that ProtonMail, just go back and set it up. And uh, you, know, you can ignore their suggestions. Just you know, write, down a, write down an email, a password that you're going to type in. So write it out. Think of it ahead of time. Write it down. And then type it in. That's and, exactly what I did, and that's when they popped in. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why. It's none of their business. It's none of their that's, business. That's what I thought. Yeah, but you could again, you could ignore it and uh, go ahead and just go forward and put your password in. Okay. Um, One these more browsers question. are getting too in, too involved. Yeah. Um, Open DNS. Yes. Uh, has given me a choice for their free account. Mm-hmm. Um. I can sign up without an account or with an account. Which mm-hmm. way is better? The only reason you'd want to have an account is if you want to add a special filtering rules. So if you have kids coming into your, your network at home and you wouldn't want them to surf or find themselves on inappropriate content, you would then sign up with an account and you would set and select different scenarios where you'd want to block you know, violence or pornography or whatever you'd want to block. Uh, from the internet, if that is not an issue, and you're not, you don't need to configure that for folks coming into your network. You could just go on without an account at all, and just configure the IP addresses that they give you in the DNS settings, and you'll generally be much safer just by surfing under those IP addresses in general. Um, I would tell you to set up an account, though. Uh, I just think it's more, more powerful, and as the internet becomes still more and more dangerous out there. The ability to customize where you surf will be a long-term benefit for you. Okay. Okay. Yep. Thank you very much. Oh, op- um, DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Uh, the first time I ever heard of it was on Clark Howard years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, we talked about it years ago, too, but all of a sudden they're just making a big move. Have you I used know. it before? It made me wonder. <laughs> have, you, have you used it before? Oh, yes. Oh, good. Okay. Do you like it? Yes. All right, good. Well, that's good news. Have you used it, Bob? Yes. Oh, Bob used it too. Cool. I haven't really used it much. I don't really care if Google knows where I'm going or not. I'm so ingrained in the Google Plex with my phone and everything I use these days. If Google knows what I'm doing, I almost don't care about it. But a little extra, a little extra privacy can't hurt, right? Right. So, all right, Joanne. Thank you. You're welcome. So we got a couple lines open for you guys. We're going to be here till 11 o'clock, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Feel free to get online uh, during the news, and uh, Bob and I will do our best to answer your questions. If you used DuckDuckGo before, what's your thoughts of it? They're doing some serious advertising on the station, and I've seen them advertising uh, billboards, all sorts of stuff lately. Um, what do you guys think of that browser? Uh, not browser. It's more of a search engine. Um, have you found that you get less targeted ads by using their service? That kind of stuff. That'd be interesting. Also, if you happen to be in Southington and East Hartford, go NetSpeed, battling it out between the two locations. Southington's way ahead. 
So keep letting him know, Southington, you're interested, and we're going to get Go Net Speed in Southington. Newington just got a huge increase as well of Go Net Speed, so good stuff happening. We'll be right back. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. 